I want to I talk about blessings a little bit. And, and uh, you know, I, I think it was last week maybe that I was talking about blessing God. And, um, you know, he, he gets blessed when, when we do certain things. And it's kind of amazing that we can bless God. But, but um, now we're going to look at this, how, how, how critical it is that, that what's coming out of our mouth is actually a blessing. Um, because if not, it can turn into a cursing. And it opens up a door for curses. <laughs> not, not to what we're doing, but what we can receive a curse when we open up a door that way. So uh, how critical it is um, that we have an understanding of what a blessing is and uh, how we can tap into what God's plan is for us in his blessings. Some things about blessing. Um, how many are blessed uh, before you even get something? Now, I know ladies will identify with this, but I do too. Do you ever order something on Amazon? Nobody orders something on Amazon? Okay. But she doesn't? Do you, where do you get all those fancy clothes? Oh, that's a thing still? Oh. <laughs> okay. Okay. Well, we'll try to identify with Annette. <laughs> okay. When, she, when she's thinking, I don't want to go shopping. She's already anticipating the blessing of finding something. You, okay, unless this is just me, let, let's, let's understand that there's, there's a blessing that comes before you even get to something. In fact, if, if you <laughs> I think this is a natural thing. We can get more excited about what we don't have sometimes that we think we're going to get. All right? <laughs> and Buddy's rolling his eyes. Okay, I'm just going to go through some of these. Maybe we can, you know, let's, let's kind of get a, a feel for this, all right? Okay, so there, we live with pleasure in the imagination of what we're going to get. That's a blessing, isn't it? It's unless, <laughs> unless we want it and we never get it, right? <laughs> okay. Especially if you know you got the money in the bank, you know, and, and, and you're going to be able to actually get something. But... But that, you, you know, um, when you're searching out your mate, I mean, you know, you're hoping. You have an expectancy. In fact, it, it, it's, it's almost more exciting before you get them. If you can, uh, just kind of hang with me. I know this is kind of pushing it. But, but there is this, because I want to relate this to some other blessings that we can have, right? Um, because sometimes we can, get, we can get so excited about what we don't have. Or we can make, make it bigger. We can make it a pretty big deal, right? So we can live with the pleasure in the imagination. It can be something that we, we actually like that a little bit. We kind of get addicted to that. Okay, But then there is the thrill of the reception. Okay, publisher's clearinghouse shows up at the door. You, know? you finally snagged the, the spouse, you know, espousa. And, and, you know, you finally get the one. And so in that moment, I mean, you're celebrating your dance and your everything else. And, and it's exciting. But there's this process of blessing that takes place that can, it can dim with familiarity. 
And this is why people can let go of that one that they were so excited about before they ever showed up. I remember uh, Tom Cruise, I think he was married to Katie or something, Kate, something like that. I don't know. I, I saw him on this. He was so excited about her. You know, and then a couple of years later, you know, um, they're not even together anymore. What, ha- what happens? It was a blessing. You were anticipating it. You were so excited and you, you're going to do everything you could to get that. And, and, and then it shows up and you're kind of excited. But if we're honest, you know, we were kind of really excited before, you know. And then we start to get familiar with it and it can start to dim. And even though it is just as wonderful as when we imagined it, the blessing can dim. Okay? <clears throat> it can actually get to be forgotten with time. Man, this happens with toys big time, doesn't it? Our, our attic still has some stuff up there that our kids had to have. And they, they have this thing, well, I've been wanting it for a year. Like that's, oh, okay, well, since you've been wanting, wanting it for a year. They've been so excited about it. They get it, and on Christmas morning, what are they actually doing? You know, those, those things, you know, that, hey, Brayton didn't even take one of these games that we got him. He didn't even take it with him to Louisiana, you know. Well, what happened? It's a blessing. It's still a game. It's still wonderful. What happens? You get familiar with it. It becomes something that now you don't even, you, you can leave it laying, you know. You can step on it, whatever, you know. <laughs> okay. How do you... How does that not happen, though? And this is, I mean, this has to happen with a a relationship. You have to nurture it. It has to be something that you're caring for. You you need to say those words. Um, You know, I I love texting Kim and just telling her how wonderful he is. Why? Because there's a real danger. You have to get your mouth connected with what you like. Uh, What... And we don't realize this, but what we're doing is, is we're either letting a blessing be a blessing by what we say, or it can actually, have you ever had a blessing that becomes a curse? You know, you thought you wanted that so much? That might happen in a relationship, I don't know, right? <laughs> you know, sorry, I thought I wanted it. You know? <laughs> now, I believe when we're Christians, we, we make a commitment. You know, when we're both Christians going into this, it, that love is a commitment. It's not just, you know, you're going to work through some stuff, right? But a lot of other things can be that way. A business thing can be that way. You know, you thought you wanted it so much, and what happens, it, it can turn into a a curse, all right? <laughs> it can become a, a, a curse. So let, let's, uh, let's look at here at Proverbs 10, 22. And I wanna, maybe we can look through these as quickly as I can, then we can just practice this a little bit because what, what we were doing just worshiping God is, is um, it's acknowledging a blessing that we already have. And, and I'm, I'm just seeing this as such a necessity for us it's so easy to get focused on what we don't have and to get discouraged, even in our relationship with God. And we're going to see how dangerous this is. Discouragement, being having a downcast spirit. Now, it's not that we're insensitive to people that are going through this. But we as Christians have something else to say about this than woe is me. And woe is me is not just a lack of blessing. It's actually a curse. You're actually cursing 
what God has already done. God's already provided things for us. And if all we're saying is what we don't have, we're actually cursing our blessing because God has already provided all of our needs according to his riches and glory, right? So let's look at Proverbs 10, 22. It says, the blessing of the Lord makes one rich. Now, when you, when you think about rich, it, it's not, not just financial rich. It's rich in your spirit, rich in your productivity, rich in the sound, soundness of your mind. <laughs> it's, it's richness, right? So when the blessing is something that you're acknowledging, and, and here's the necessity, it says, the blessing of the Lord. Now, It, it, it's there can be there can be a blessing that we don't even acknowledge, and so it, it becomes like it's not even a, a blessing until it's actually acknowledged. It's not really helping you at all. It's not doing anything for you at all. So he, he says the blessing of the Lord, and you can say, "Well, the Lord hasn't blessed me." Well, there you go, because He has. You have to find out what He's done, and then. When you begin to magnify what God's already done, it, it will not just help you with what it is. It'll take you other places. It'll make you rich in every part of your life because now you're lo no longer. It's like what we were talking about on Sunday. As soon as you say something negative, as soon as you say something discouraging, it has a power that is far greater than any positive thing you say. So it becomes very necessary to make sure that there's not the curse coming out of our mouth and for us to understand that it is a curse. It's not just something, you acknowledging something because if, if you're just saying, well, I'm just saying what the, what the situation is, so that means that God didn't take care of that? Okay. He makes rich and he adds no sorrow with it. That means there's not going to be a curse that comes with God's blessing. So... Let's understand it. This isn't just what God does for us. It's how we acknowledge what he's done. Okay? All right, let's keep going. James 3, 7 through 12. This, this is get, where our tongues are getting involved in here. And, and I know we have a lot of sermons about tongues and everything. But, but uh, let's just read through this and we'll get some more stuff out of this. For every kind of beast and bird of, of reptile and creature of the sea is tamed and has been tamed by mankind. But no man can tame the tongue. It is an unruly evil full of deadly poison. Now we can kind of brush over that and we can say, well, that's if you're that way or something. But let, let's understand what this... How, how, how deadly it can actually be. And we'll get an example here in a minute. With it, we bless our God and Father, and with it, we curse men who have been made in the similitude of God. So what happens if you're cursing something that's been given to you, been formed in the image of God, you're actually cursing God. Now, don't exclude me from this cursing. Do you have a, we, we can curse ourselves by saying, I can't do this. I'm unable, right? So the tongue is very important in, in what it's declaring. It, this isn't just a, a um, uh, well, what do they call it? Um, <laughs> you know, I speak it and have it, you know, name it and claim it. There we go. It, it's not just name it and claim it. 
No, we're acknowledging what we already have. And we're saying it instead of what we don't have. Okay? Out of the same mouth proceed blessing and cursing. My brethren, these things ought not so to be. Does a spring send forth fresh water and bitter from the same opening? Can a fig tree, my brethren, bear olives or a grapevine bear figs? Thus no spring yields both salt water and fresh. And so we can kind of acknowledge that. We see, well, there's power in our words. And, you know, there's another Proverbs that says, death and life are in the power of the tongue. Well, how, how does that, how's that involved with blessing? And, and I think we can get a connection to this, that there's a source that we can have for what's coming out of our mouth that's not just us trying to be good. But it's actually recognizing that we have something to say that's based upon what God's already done. Um, so much of the time, we want to approach God with pointing out something that he's already taken care of. <laughs> Instead of saying, he's already taken care of that. I just want to declare that. Prayer can be a, just an acknowledging of what he's done and letting it take care of the things that would seem to be an issue for us. Okay. All right. So with God, so we, we, we see that, that... Um, that death and life are in the power of the tongue. So how does our words apply with either blessing or cursing? I'm going to put this together a little bit. With God, the tongue either affirms God with his praise or curses him with complaints that question his provision. Does that make sense? And, and, and you know, we all, we all can get to this place. Where is God? <laughs> I've been, you know, what, what's he done? And, 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 it, and it is easy for us to, especially if we're going through a difficult time. You know, our kids, we, we, I've, we've gone through this, you know. And it's not that you're not going through a difficult time. It's, it's a period, you know, we can always say, we can always look at this like this is, there's an end to this, for one thing. But we have to be very careful that we stay on God's side. And we don't start letting it become something that is, is a problem. We can be joyful in the middle if we keep our tongue in control. Let it not get onto the cursing side, okay? <clears throat> so God, God sees our tongue being involved, and he doesn't, he, he takes it personal. If we get on the side of complaining, if we get on the side of, of being discouraged, Saying, where is God? What about God? Is this really God? Or as soon as we get on the questioning side, it's not just, it's not just us being hurt. It's not us just going through something. We, we had an opportunity in that time to either say, well, God said this, even though I'm going through this, and to bless God. Because what we don't realize is that our words are directly saying something about God. They're either saying, he is my provider, or he's not. He's not a very good God. He doesn't really do what he said he's going to do. <laughs> can we see this? How critical this can be. <laughs> he takes it personal, all right? So, so we're going to use a, an example from the Old Testament, and we're going to take it from what Jesus actually said here. What happened when Jesus went to the cross? He was lifted up on the cross, wasn't he? And what was he up on the cross for? For everything. 
Everything we could ever go through, all of our sins, every condemnation that we could ever have, he's put up on the cross for any lack we could have. He was put up on the cross. Amen? And when we actually see that, and we actually believe that he is our salvation, what is salvation? It's not just a ticket to heaven. It's everything. It's life on this earth. He, Jesus said, I came to give you life and abundant life. Where, where, where do you draw a line and say that, well, that doesn't touch this part? All right? So, He's talking about it here. Let me get my phrase here. In the lifting up of Christ with belief. So it's not enough to just um, to say, yeah, I've seen that before. That there has to be a heart change that goes with this. Because in the Old Testament, there's actually a reference, and I didn't, I didn't get this. He said, your words bless me, but your heart curses me. It's not enough to just be saying it. I mean, you can't, you can't leave your mouth out of it, but there has to be a heart change that goes with this. That's why it's so wonderful when we're singing songs like this to, to man, get our eyes just focused on him completely. Amen? Okay. In the lifting up of Christ with belief is the viewing of provision for all of life. What do we see when we see Jesus? On the cross. I'm, I'm so grateful he's not still on the cross, but he was there for us. And when we see him there, what are we seeing? We're seeing everything that could be a curse in our life, he carried for us, right? And when we believe that, we're not going to be able to discount it. <laughs> Every cursed thing cared for by his sacrifice. We need to recognize that things that are going on in life, they're not the lack of God. They're a curse that God, that Jesus came to take care of. And that we have an opportunity to bless God by actually declaring that. So, it's, it, it, it's kind of like, um, like your kids. Um, how do you bless your kids? Well, you, you get them clothes and you, and you provide other stuff for them. But it's very important that you're not just doing that. You're actually blessing them with words that you're saying about them. So if we can, we can kind of get the blessing over to what you're saying about somebody. It's, it's going to be positive or you're going to curse them by, by being something negative, right? So John 3.14, as Moses, and this is Jesus talking, as Moses lifted up the serpent in the wilderness, even so must the Son of Man be lifted up, that whoever lit, believes in him should not perish, but have eternal life. For, okay, so we're, this is John 3, 14. This is preceding John three sixteen, right? So Jesus sets up John three sixteen that... He, he came to, and he doesn't desire for anybody to perish, but for everybody to have eternal life. What's, what's he talking about? He, he, we're going to go look at this. There was a, a serpent that was lifted up on a pole that's become our medicine, you know, logo or whatever you call that, um, that, that came from this story. But let me finish this. For God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten son that whoever believes in him 
should not perish, but have everlasting life. So sometimes when we say not perish, we just think about hell. <laughs> and yet when we're going something through something in our life, we can consider that to be perishing to any extent, right? We're going through something. Our life, has, has anybody ever kind of wished your life was over? <laughs> you know, Satan wants to steal, to kill, and destroy. And that's where they came from, right? But I came to give them life and life more abundantly. What does that leave out? It doesn't leave out anything. He came to do everything for us, to heal our bodies, provide for all of our needs according to his riches and glory, to give us soundness of mind, to bless our children, that we don't have to lack for anything, right? But he said this. He said, just as Moses lifted up the serpent in the wilderness. That doesn't sound like a very good example, does it? But what are we seeing when Jesus is up on the cross? It's not a good thing. It's everything that we would not want. It's, it's anything that would kill us, steal from us, destroying us from when we look on that and we believe that he carried everything for us when we look on that what does it do it brings us forgiveness and provision forgiveness is required because we're guilty we are we are cursed without his sacrifice but then we're blessed also because of it that means because we're forgiven we get everything else as a result of it right but it's very important what we're doing involved with this. So let's go to what he's talking about back in Numbers 21. <clears throat> with cursing or complaining, sometimes we can say, well, uh, I'm just saying the way things are. Well, maybe God looks at it differently. And sometimes there, there's a need for some shaking. And sometimes we don't realize what's going on in our life isn't just the result of life happening. Maybe we opened a door by our cursing. Maybe we, God is protecting us continually. We have angels that are protecting us. But how, how do we disable God's protection in our life? By cursing. By cursing what he's provided already, okay? All right, hang with me a little bit, all right? Are y'all hanging? All right. With cursing or complaining against God and his servants, protection from serpents was removed. So sometimes when we, when we think about um, these stories, and, and I want us to just entertain this because God is protecting us a lot of times when we don't even know it. And, and you know, this story about the serpents, it, it was almost like God manufactured, or, manufactured or, or created the serpents all of a sudden. Maybe they were there all along, and he was just protecting them the whole time until what happened? They got out in the wilderness, and, and so I was thinking about this because that's kind of how I preceded this, is you're a slave in Egypt, and now you hear that God's going to deliver you. There's a whole bunch of plagues that come along to verify that. And now, oh, good, we get to be free. And they get out in the wilderness, and all of a sudden, their blessing isn't what they thought it was going to be. Why? They're still blessed. They're not in Egypt anymore. They have everything. You know, they, they, they are actually on the way to the promised land if they want to, you know. But they get out there, and what happens 
there's not a lot of food. He said, we don't have anything. So God starts providing manna, doesn't he? Are they starving? No. He even provides water for them, right? They're, they're blessed. Wouldn't it be a blessing if you're starving? I'm, I, you, you take somebody that's actually starving, a morsel is a huge blessing, isn't it? Until you get used to the morsel. morsel. And all of a sudden, the thing that you thought was a blessing can become a curse. What we have in God sometimes, when it becomes familiar to us, Satan will take the very thing that came, God gives us to be blessed with and we can allow it to become a curse. He's providing for all of our needs, but that's not enough. I want to have this. You see what I'm saying? So what happened? They started complaining. It, you know, it, it might not have been that big of a deal if, if you, they're, they're, they're feeling this. But something happens when, some, when there's an emotional thing that gets into your mouth. It becomes now the power of life or death. It will open a door to cursing you when you begin to start cursing what God has done. God, he blessed them. They, had it, they could eat. They didn't have to starve. And yet they began to complain. Let me read this, okay? Then they journeyed from Mount Hor by the way of the Red Sea to go around the land of Edom. And the soul of the people became very discouraged on the way. So here is what the enemy will do. When we're feeling discouraged, when we're feeling tired, when we're, uh, what, what he wants to do is, is use that. He'll, he'll get into your soul. That's why David says, why so downcast, O my soul? You have to talk to your soul. You have to say, your soul, you don't get to decide what I'm going to say. Right? Because they, very reasonably, they became discouraged. Man, I want to I say, God, help me to not allow what I choose to say come from a discouragement that I'm feeling. You know, some people just don't get discouraged by anything. They're just weirdos. And then some people, it doesn't take much to get. But you know what? We can be affected by our relationship with God to where we get over this hypersensitivity to be discouraged at the drop of a hat. How do you do that? Well, we'll, we'll see here. Okay. And the, the people did what? They, from their discouragement, they began to do what? Spoke against God. Well, what were they saying? They were just saying what was true. We have to eat this manna all the time. What's with that? Is that the blessing of God? Can you? I don't want to make any direct correlations here, but, but I, think, I think we have to say, God, help me to, to not get to a place where I am saying anything that's other than affirming your blessing in my life. Because as soon as I say that, I'm actually cursing your blessing. And not only that, I'm disabling your ability to protect me. Okay. And the people spoke against God and against Moses. We have to be careful. His messengers. 
Now, now I think we can look at all of uh, our brothers and sisters that way. We have to be careful. Um, you know, it's like that scripture we just read, you know, out of James. We can't be saying anything about anybody. It, if, if there could be an understanding of how critical this is for God's blessing in our life, that we be very careful about saying things about anybody that God has made and God has already blessed. Because what we do when we say that, it's, it's not a small thing. It's a spiritual poison. It's a curse. And what it does is it doesn't just curse what we're putting down. These people were actually cursing God by complaining about their life. It should be reasonable, right? But God doesn't see it that way. He said, I've provided for you. And you can't just acknowledge what I've done? People spoke against God and against Moses. Why have you brought us up out of Egypt to die in the wilderness? The very thing that was their biggest blessing, they're cursing it. For there's no food and no water, and our soul loathes this worthless bread. <laughs> now, terrible, terrible, terrible people. Just a terrible people. But it's a human nature. It's something we, there, there's only one way out of this. It's, it's to fill your mouth why do we fill our mouths with praise all the time? Because what praise is, is God's provision in my life that I'm going to bless. I'm, I'm not going to allow God to be cursed from me by something that I think is just a passing word or just an acknowledgement of facts. No. Because God takes it personal that Jesus hung on the cross for us so that we would not have to do these. Now, we're going to go through some things, but we don't do it. We live by faith. What is living by faith? Not living by what we're looking at. Not letting it affect our soul. Not saying, oh, not allowing, because the soul can just be overwhelmed with storms by what we're having to go through. And God says, just don't let it become something that you begin to complain about. Because your secret to go through the storm, yea, though I go through the valley of the shadow of death, I will fear no evil. Why? Because my mouth is filled with praise about my God that he, he, takes care of me through this. Amen? <laughs> Blessing is not just a fluffy thing that makes us get, feel good about ourselves. Blessing is critical to the refusal of curse in our life. Amen? Aren't you glad Jesus took care of all the curses? Except the ones that come out of our mouths. <laughs> all right. Is this seeming good tonight? All right. <clears throat> for there's no food and no water and our soul loathes this worthless bread so the Lord sent fiery serpents among the people and they bit the people and many of the people of Israel died so what now became the problem <laughs> talk about going from what is it the frying pan into the fire is that how you say that um, therefore the people came to Moses and said they had a change of heart didn't they when they began to understand what actually was going on we can be going through life and life can get a whole lot worse 
based upon what we decide to say about it. And then, everybody's going to bend their knee before Jesus, right? Every knee will bow, every tongue confess. When? When it becomes obvious that they were wrong. Amen? I don't want to wait that. We, we have an opportunity for the abundant life that Jesus came to give us to be what fills our mouths, to be fills what we're acknowledging. Especially when we come into the presence of God. We need to come into the presence of God without a focus on, on, on how bad life is. Praising him for how great life is because of Jesus being on the cross, carrying everything that we need to get needed for life, right? We have sinned for we have spoken against the Lord and against you. Pray to the Lord that he, he take away the serpents from us. Don't you like this? So Moses prayed for the people. Moses was probably pretty mad at him himself. He probably thought, well, he probably might have enjoyed some of those serpents biting those people. You know, I don't know. <laughs> but what did he do? He prayed and, and, and it made a difference, right? So, so what was it about the serpent on the pole, though? <laughs> because you think, What had seemed like a terrible life when they just thought they were having to eat man all the time. Now, something really bad came up that was going to actually kill them. When they got bit by the serpent now, it was going to actually kill them. And so they had them, they, they put this, this serpent up on a pole. And what was that representing? That God, if you looked up and you saw that, you're going to see him as your solution to what would kill you right now. When they lifted up that serpent on the pole, the biggest thing that was coming against them right now was not manna. It wasn't the other things. That they, it wasn't Egypt. It wasn't any. It was snakes that was going to kill them. And when they lifted it up there and they believed in God that he would save them, here's what's really cool. He didn't just, he didn't just heal them. He didn't just make the snakes go away. He forgave them. By believing in what God lifts up, because I'll tell you what, we are guilty by, for complaining. Aren't you glad Jesus came to take all of our sin? Sometimes we don't want to put these kind of things into the sin category. But we're, we're deserving of, of serpents. We're, we're deserving of, of terrible things in our life. But we, and Jesus said, just as the serpent was lifted up in the wilderness, so when I'm lifted up, the same thing can happen. Whatever is cursing us right now, whatever we're going through right now, when we look up to Jesus, we need to see it as the solution and praise it as such. Amen? And not let whatever we're going through become a discouragement so much that we get on the opposite side of God. Amen? When the very thing that has become death to them was lifted up and viewed as cared for by God, both forgiveness and healing were received. And I know this is Old Testament. I know there's other things going on, but this is actually before the law. And it's, you know, it's, it's, uh, it's the nature of God. He, he wants to forgive. He wants to bless. But he will not be, um, he will not be denied. What he intends for blessing needs to be seen as blessing and as exalted as such, okay? Then the Lord said to Moses, make a fiery serpent and set it up on a pole, and it shall be that everyone who is bitten, when, when he looks at it, shall live. 
So Moses made a bronze serpent and put it on a pole. And so it was. If a serpent had bitten anyone, when he looked at the bronze serpent, he lived. Didn't make a whole lot of sense to us. But what they were seeing when they saw a bronze serpent lifted up was the representation of God taking care of what was going to kill them right now. And that thing was below their God. When they believed in that, they were forgiven and they were healed. That needs to be what we see in Christ. And, and it needs, it, it can't just be something that we're, uh, it, it's, it's something you, you do once in a while. It has, especially when we're going through something, we have to look up to Jesus and we have to see the answer. God has, in Christ, taken care of every curse in my life. And I'm not going to curse my blessing. Amen? All right. Philemon 1.6. It's from living out what's already provided that our faith affects others for God's glory. It blesses him. So there's this passage in, in Philemon 1.6. Um, I think in the King James it says, uh, acknowledging every good thing that's in you in Christ. And it becomes a lifestyle that, that other people will see the blessing of God in your life. When, when what you're about is not being discouraged about what you don't have or what you're going through, but it becomes a continual acknowledging of what you, you have in Christ. And this, this uh, translation says, I pray that you share your faith with others. It will grip their lives too as they see the wealth of good things in you. The wealth of good things in you in you. Does that, that, that sounds like they're already there, right? They just need to be acknowledged. It's kind of like a marriage. <laughs> She's already there. You liked her before. You were so excited about getting her before. But what makes her great now? What you say about her, what you declare about her. That's the same thing with God. He, he, he becomes great to us as we acknowledge the good things that we have already in him. I'm just going to read through this real quick. David, he had a heart after God, didn't he? He was a man after God's own heart. How, how was that displayed? So many times he had have enemies coming right against him. And he said, I have enemies coming up on my left. I have them coming up on my right. What am I going to do? I am going to bless my God. How do you bless? And, and um, uh, Well, let me just read this. There was a, there was a passage that in, in, uh, in the King James, it said bless. And in, uh, in every other translation, it said praise. So w when we're praising God, what we're, what we're doing is, is we're, we're saying good about him instead of bad. When we complain, we're saying bad about God instead of good. And it, as soon as praise is converted into complaint... We're actually on the opposite God side of God. We're disabling our protection. Okay, let me just read uh, David. Because David is such a great example of this. And this, this psalm, he says, Bless the Lord, O my soul, and all that is within me. Bless his holy name. So he's talking to his soul, isn't he? 
but it's coming out of his mouth. He's going through stuff. Bless the Lord, O my soul, and forget not all his benefits. This isn't just one thing. It's every part of his life, right? Who forgives all your iniquities, who heals all your diseases, who redeems your life from destruction, who crowns you with loving kindness and tender mercies, who satisfies your mouth with good things. I'm telling you what, if you could just practice this in the middle of discouragement, just start declaring what you already have. This is the God that we have. Amen? So that your youth is renewed like the eagles. The Lord executes righteousness and justice for all who are oppressed. The best time to say this is when you're feeling like you're not, things are not just. They are not right. You don't get on Facebook and start complaining about how bad things are. As soon as you do that, you've disabled your blessing. <laughs> he made known his ways to Moses, his acts to the children of Israel. The Lord is merciful and gracious, slow to anger and abounding in mercy. He will not always strive with us, nor will he keep his anger forever. He has not dealt with us according to our sins. <laughs> Man, you can just hang out on that one for a long time. As long as it doesn't get old, this, this blessing of God, forgiveness of sins, oh, well, yeah, that's just forgiveness. <laughs> no, let's make a big deal out of it, right? Nor punished us according to our iniquities, for the heavens are high above the earth, so, for as the heavens are high above the earth, so great is his mercy toward those who fear him. Oh, man. As far as the east is from the west, so he... So far has he removed our transgressions from us. As a father pities his children, so the Lord pities those who fear him. For he knows our frame. He remembers that we are dust. As for man, his days are like grass. As a flower from the field, so he flourishes. For the wind passes over it and it is gone. And its place remembers it no more. But the mercy of the Lord is from everlasting to everlasting. On those who fear him. And his righteousness to, ch to children's children, to such as keep his covenant, and to those who remember his commandments to do them. And the Lord, <laughs> see, he, he's not satisfied with just bless the Lord, O oh my soul. He goes into some detail, doesn't he? That has to do with it, what could get his soul down, what could get his soul discouraged. He starts going into some detail about what God has done about that. And when he gets into the mercy side of stuff, man, he just gets eloquent, doesn't he? He waxes. He gets really waxy. The Lord has established his throne in heaven and his kingdom rules over all. Bless the Lord, you his angels, who excel in strength, who do his word, heeding the voice of his word. He's talking about the goodness of God, isn't he? He's not complaining about stuff. Bless the Lord, all you his hosts, you ministers of his who do his pleasure. Bless the Lord all his works in all places of his dominion. Bless the Lord, O oh my soul. Aren't you glad that God provides what we need? Sometimes we say, God, just, just pull me out of this so I don't have to experience it at all. And he said, what I've given you is the way to go through it victoriously. It's blessing but I've already given you. Believing that it's yours right now. Amen. 
I think, I think we have to be careful to say, even, even asking for God to do something that he's already given us. As if, as if it's upon us to somehow get it by asking. Now, we do need to, to ask in faith. We do need to believe for things that are already there. But it needs to be in faith, not in complaint. You know, it needs to be in confidence that he will do what he said he's going to do. Amen?